Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Reply. Suddenly the silence of the night was broken upon by a loud splash from the bows of the Russian frigate, then about three cables' length distant. "'What could that be?' cried Captain Wilson. "'Her anchor's down. Mr. Jones, lead over the side and see what water we have.' Mr. Jones had long been carried down below, severed in two with a round shot, but a man leapt into the chains and, lowering down the lead, sounded in seven fathoms. "'Then I suspect he will give us more trouble yet,' observed Captain Wilson. And so indeed it proved, for the Russian captain, in reply to the second lieutenant, had told him in English that he would answer that question with his broadside, and before the boat was dropped astern, he had warped round with the springs on his cable, and had recommenced his fire upon the aurora. Captain Wilson made sail upon his ship, and sailed round and round the anchored vessel, so as to give her two broadsides to her one, and from the slowness with which she worked at her springs upon her cables, it was evident that she must now be very weak-handed. Still. The pertinacity and decided courage of the Russian captain convinced Captain Wilson that, in all probability, he would sink at his anchor before he would haul down his colours, and not only would he lose more of the Aurora's men, but also the Russian vessel, without he took a more decided step. Captain Wilson, therefore, resolved to try her by the board. Having poured in a raking fire, he stood off for a few moments, during which he called the officers and men on deck, and stated his intention. He then went about, and himself conning the Aurora, ran her on board the Russian, pouring in his reserved broadside as the vessels came into collision, and heading his men as they leapt on the enemy's decks. Although, as Captain Wilson had imagined, the Russian frigate had not many men to oppose the Auroras, the deck was obstinately defended. The voice and the arm of the Russian captain were to be heard and seen everywhere, and his men, encouraged by him, were cut down by numbers where they stood. Our hero, who had the good fortune to be still unhurt, was for a little while close to Captain Wilson when he boarded and was about to oppose his unequal force against that of the Russian captain, when he was pulled back by the collar by Mr. Hawkins, the chaplain, who rushed in advance with a sabre in his hand. The opponents were well matched, and it may be said that, with little interruption, a hand-to-hand -hand conflict ensued, for the moon lighted up the scene of carnage, and they were well able to distinguish each other's faces. At last the chaplain's sword broke. He rushed in, 
drove the hilt into his antagonist's face, closed with him, and they both fell down the hatchway together. After this the deck was gained, or rather cleared, by the crew of the Aurora, for few could said to have resisted, and in a minute or two the frigate was in their possession. The chaplain and the Russian captain were hoisted up, still clinging to each other, both senseless from the fall, but neither of them dead, although bleeding from several wounds. As soon as the main deck had been cleared, Captain Wilson ordered the hatches to be put on, and left a party on board, while he hastened to attend to the condition of his own ship and ship's company. It was daylight before anything like order had been restored to the decks of the Aurora. The water was still smooth, and instead of letting go her own anchor, she had hung on with a hawser to the prize. But her sails had been furled, her decks cleared, guns secured, and the buckets were dashing away the blood from her planks and the carriages of the guns, when the sun rose and shone upon them. The numerous wounded had by this time been put into their hammocks, although there were still one or two cases of amputation to be performed. The carpenter had repaired all shot-holes under or too near to the water-line, and then had proceeded to sound the well of the prize. But although her upper works had been dreadfully shattered, there was no reason to suppose that she had received any serious injury below, and therefore the hatches still remained on, although a few hands were put to the pumps to try if she made any water. It was not until the Aurora presented a more cheerful appearance that Captain Wilson went over to the other ship, whose deck, now that the light of heaven enabled them to witness all the horrors even to minuteness, presented a shocking spectacle of blood and carnage. Body after body was thrown over. The wounded were supplied with water and such assistance as could be rendered until the surgeons could attend them. The hatches were then taken off, and the remainder of her crew ordered on deck. About two hundred obeyed the summons, but the lower deck was as crowded with killed and wounded as was the upper. For the present the prisoners were handed over down into the forehold of the Aurora, which had been prepared for their reception, and the work of separation of the dead from the living then underwent. After this such repairs as were immediately necessary were made, and a portion of the Aurora's crew, under orders of the second lieutenant, were sent on board to take charge of her. It was not till the evening of the day after this night conflict that the Aurora was in a situation to make sail. All hands were then sent on board of the Trident, for such was the name of the Russian frigate, to fit her out as soon as possible. Before morning, for there was no relaxation from their fatigue, nor was there any wish for it, all was completed, and the two frigates, although in a shattered condition, were prepared to meet any common conflict with the elements. The Aurora made sail with the trident in tow, the hammocks were allowed to be taken down, and the watch below permitted to repose. In this murderous conflict the trident had more than two hundred men killed and wounded. The Aurora's loss had not been so great, but still it was severe, having lost sixty-five men and officers. Among the fallen there were Mr. Jones, the master, the third lieutenant, Mr. Arkwright, and two midshipmen dead. 
Mr. Potiphar, the first lieutenant, was severely wounded at the commencement of the action. Martin, the master's mate, and Gascoigne, the first mortally, and the second badly, were wounded. Our hero had also received a slight cutlass wound, which obliged him to wear his arm for a short time in a sling. Among the ship's company who were wounded was Mesty. He had been hurt with a splinter before the trident was taken by the board, and had remained on deck, and had followed our hero, watching over him and protecting him as a father. He had done even more, for he had with Jack thrown himself before Captain Wilson, at a time that he had received such a blow with the flat of a sword as to stun him and bring him down on his knee and Jack had taken good care that Captain Wilson should not be ignorant, as he really would have been, of this timely service on the part of Mesty, who certainly, although with a great deal of sang-froid in his composition when in repose, was a fiend incarnate when his blood was up. "'But you must have been with Mesty,' observed Captain Wilson, when he did me the service. I was with him, sir," replied Jack, with great modesty, but was of very little service. How is your friend Gascoigne this evening? Oh, not very bad, sir. He wants a glass of grog. And Mr. Martin? Jack shook his head. Why, the surgeon thinks he will do well. Uh, yes, sir, and so I told Martin and he said it was very well to give him hope, but that he thought otherwise. "'You must manage him, Mr. Easy. Tell him that he is sure of his promotion.' "'I have, sir, but he won't believe it. He never will believe it till he has his commission signed. I really think that an acting order would do more than the doctor can.' "'Well, Mr. Easy, he shall have one to-morrow morning.' Have you seen Mr. Potiphar? He, I'm afraid, is very bad." "'Very bad, sir, and they say is worse every day, and yet his wound is healthy and ought to be doing well.' Such was the conversation between Jack and his captain as they sat at breakfast on the third morning after the action. The next day Easy took down an acting order for Martin and put it into his hands. The mate read it over as he lay bandaged in his hammock. "'It's only an acting order, Jack,' said he. "'It may not be confirmed.' Jack swore by all the articles of war that it would be. But Martin replied that he was sure it never would. "'No, no,' said the mate. "'I knew very well that I never should be made.' If it is not confirmed, I may live, but if it is, I am sure to die." Every one that went to Martin's hammock wished him joy of his promotion. But six days after the action, poor Martin's remains were consigned to the deep. The next person who followed him was Mr. Potiphar, the first lieutenant, who had contrived, wounded as he was, to reach a packet of the universal medicine, and had taken so many bottles before he was found out that he was one morning found dead in his bed, 
with more than two dozen empty vials under his pillow and by the side of his mattress. He was not buried with his hands in his pockets, but when sewed up in his hammock they were, at all events, laid in the right position. End of chapter 29「It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.